listening to Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 207. Okay, the Lord's here with the one, the only, the dude who has no idea what sounds he makes when he sits down, John Brown. <laughs> you made noises. I'm yes. sorry I'm, you didn't I, know what those noises I were. I did make a noise. <laughs> I knew what that noise was. Mm, do you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, Dottie. Carry on, baby girl. <laughs> this week... Since this episode goes live on Valentine's Day, let's talk about love. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. (laughs) This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. And yes, it's like this most weeks. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS in the number one, LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big shout out as always to our kinky patrons on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you, we love you, we thank you. If you'd like access to more content, to more us, to more of this weird thing we do on the internet, you can become one of our kinky patrons at Cricket Corner for as little as $2 per month. Head to patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so here we are. We are in just a moment. We're going to talk about love. And DS relationships, because for podcast <laughs> listeners, this episode's coming out on Valentine's Day. And for live stream yeah. watchers and video watchers, you can see it a couple days before. But for those of us in relationships, and even some of us who are not in relationships, Valentine's Day on some level is on the brain. Even if the what's on your mind is, I reject that holiday and do not want to celebrate it. <laughs> You're still thinking about it because Twitter won't shut up about it. Uh, but before we get into it, we have a sponsor this week. Sponsor. We have a sponsor. And I love it even more when the sponsor is a personal friend of mine because then I'm yeah. even more excited. Uh, this week's uh, episode is sponsored by a new sex science podcast from Professor Sex who is awesome. Uh, The show is Sex from A to Z, uh, hosted by Angel Russell and Dr. Robert Zeglin. Hope I said that right. Uh, They discuss in very plain language the actual studies that inform how sex therapists, sex researchers, sex educators, medical, I can't speak, medical professionals, all the like knowledgeable people about sex. Let's just go there. Um, How they make decisions about sexual health and wellness on each episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hosts take a deep dive into a different piece of research and literature, Um, break it down, talk about the social, scientific, and Mm -hmm. personal implications. And it's a podcast where anybody wants to geek out about sex, wants to be better at sex. I have been, first of all, love me some Professor Sex, love me some Angel. Um, I have been... I've been a follower of theirs on Instagram for forever, but what yeah. I have noticed since the podcast came out is there's always a giveaway or a thing or a, you know, do this and you'll mm-hmm. get that um, for measure a penis day. That's a real day, y'all. Uh, and I think that was February 1st. Um, they were giving out um, penis measurers from one condoms. I actually have one coming my way because somebody in my life could use some condoms and we need to get him measured first. Um, well, we are not measuring him. He is measuring him, but... We're going to use that. Um, and so I think at least an episode or two ago, they were doing a giveaway for a toy. Like there's always something going on, but they're talking about mm-hmm. sex. And if you are 
interested in knowing more about sex in plain language, especially since most of us did not get good sex education at all. And what sex education we got was mostly don't have the sex. It's I think is how it was what I got. I didn't even get the practice putting the condom on the banana. We didn't even do that. No, and I thought I had pretty good sex ed comparatively. Mm -hmm. Didn't even get that. Still don't really know how because you always handled that. (laughs) I've never put a condom on anything. This is a moment to have that realization. Well, we'll have to have to hold a class. And With a banana? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a penis measurer, but it's not for you. It's for somebody else yeah. who has a penis. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah, it explains these things to you in an entertaining mm-hmm. and cool way. And they pick a topic. And um, so you can, fi- if you're interested, you can find the podcast on any podcast app that you listen to. Uh, they are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Professor Sex, mm-hmm. um, or you can go to professorsex.com slash podcast for YouTube watchers. All the video, no, all the links are in the description box mm-hmm. for um, podcast listeners. Links are in the show notes. Um, definitely check it out. I know you've it's, been listening. It's good. I've listened to to several episodes now while I've been on the road. Yeah, you've been, <laughs> you've been a road warrior lately. Yep. Um, passes the time driving to Orlando. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I found them fascinating. I know. I'm so far behind on my podcast listening that I am I had to implement a rule that I can't re- subscribe to new podcasts until I get caught up. But I'm almost caught up and then I'll binge mm. uh, the the episodes because it's, yeah, it's right up my alley and I can, I can listen to, I have not listened to The Doctor before, but I can listen to Angel Talk like all day long. <laughs> yeah. Like, educate me about sex, please. Um, <laughs> So that's coming. So uh, that's coming. At least somebody is. Um, so if you're interested, uh, professorsex.com slash podcast. Worth checking it out. Yeah. Uh, sex from A to Z is the name of the show. Okay. So let's get into the actual episode. Right. Um, we're talking about love and DS. And, you know, I don't think I have wisdom to impart. I don't think this is a tips kind of episode. Um, cause love is so personal to each of us and how we express it and how we feel it and who we feel it for and why. I don't think I could just do a list, an internet listicle of, you know, 10 ways to be in love. I think that's a little bit of, eh, not my day, my jam, but I do want to mm-hmm. talk about it as a concept. Um, because some people cannot engage in power exchange at all unless there's some level of love, whether that's romantic love or some other form of love. And some people reject, I have seen this on the internet at mm-hmm. least, they reject love as an element of power exchange. Like the moment they, they catch feelings, they run, they don't mm-hmm. want to do the power exchange and, anymore. And I was going to say, you know, I remember when I first stepped into the, into the lifestyle and began meeting people, um, there were a lot of people who believed that you could not mix DS and love. Mm-hmm. All right. It, it could not be done. And, and the ones that did try to do that seemed that like there was somewhat of a revolving door of relationships. Yeah. And if that's what somebody wants, I'm not mm-hmm. here to, to judge it. It's not, it's not a thing for me. I want a committed relationship. I, for me, I think it's very hard to speak in absolutes because you don't know what will happen. You don't know who'll come into your life. I think I need some level of romantic love mm-hmm. to have a power exchange. Um, I can, I believe I can be topped 
by somebody that I'm not in love with or that I don't love on that level that I like, that I respect, that I trust, but I don't think I would need the the romantic connection to mm, it mm-hmm. to be topped. And I think yeah. I would, I, I absolutely think I could be friends, uh, hope, no, but better be friends with somebody that I allowed to top me on a regular basis because there's a level of trust involved. Sure. I mean, you know, we have a obviously romantic yes. relationship. Um, at the same time, I think topping someone, there, there does not need to be a romantic involvement for that. But at least for me, speaking for myself, to top someone, I still need to have a good understanding of that person. Oh, sure. to, to to be inside their head to to understand what they need what they want what makes them tick mm-hmm. there's gonna be a connection yes yeah and, and i i would agree with that as a person who would bottom with somebody else mm-hmm. with, or submit um i was thinking about this earlier because you know thinking about in terms of myself when it comes to love and the fact that for me to be a submissive to somebody else there has to be an element of love. I think it would have to be some kind of romantic relationship for me. Um, I th- and I say, I think instead of an absolute, cause you never know. Um, but I th- was thinking about it is, is it love and then trust? Is it trust and then love? Because f- you know, the two for me are intertwined. When I trust somebody enough to allow them in close enough to where they could dominate or even top mm-hmm. me, there's a level of trust there. And I was thinking, oh, well, what, what comes first? Do I love them and then I trust them? Do I trust them and then I love them? Mm, the chicken or the egg. I think I'm the trust and then love person because mm. trust is so hard for me. And trust is absolutely an element of a power exchange relationship. Even if it's a casual thing where you're negotiating a scene, a one-off scene and you may, you know, might never play together again, you have to have some element of trust in that other person that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. They're not going to harm you. They're going to listen to the safe word. They're going to like, whatever it is, like they're going to respect boundaries and limits, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but I (laughs) have such trust issues that that's surface level trust. And that only works for me if somebody I deeply trust is also involved. Mm. which is how those one-off little scenes we've done with people we liked and we respected, or I wouldn't have let them near me anyway, Right. Um, only happened so well because I trust you completely. You have my total faith and trust and confidence. And so then somebody I surface level trust. Well, that was your first mistake. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Side note, I saw a thing, you know, it was on the internet, so it must be true. I saw a thing that said there was a study that said that um, couples who they said they use the term roast each other, tease each other, last longer and stay together longer. And I'm like, we'll, we'll be together forever. The amount of times we tease one another <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I, you know, my, to be a submissive for me, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of like how I see myself in the world and how I move mm-hmm. through the world in a relationship. That's not true for everybody. Um, I believe that would be true for me in every relationship. And so therefore, in order to have a, a scene with somebody that I only surface level trust because I have such strong trust issues, because it's so hard to earn my trust, my full trust, um, somebody else that I do trust completely. It's I have the same reaction with um, 
getting drunk. Like I don't get drunk anymore. I have no interest. I can't do not survive hangovers the way I used to. Like mm -mm. I won't let you get drunk around me anymore after <laughs> what you did the Christmas for last. Uh -uh. I was only tipsy. I wasn't even drunk. Anyway, my whole point is, <laughs> it's a it's a safety thing, right? Yeah. So. I don't drink around people I don't feel safe around. And I've learned that lesson the hard way. And not even in like mm -hmm. traumatic ways, just like lessons learned there. Um, and that's, it's an, it's cause it's a lack of control and it's, it's kind of on the same plane for me. I drink and I lose my, some of my inhibitions. So I've lost some of my control. So I need somebody with me that I can trust to pull me back from the brink or to be the one that steps in front of me and goes, Woo, maybe that, maybe that's not a good decision. Uh, in the case of a power exchange, I've got somebody who will either not only protect my body from somebody else, will mm -hmm. protect my mind, will protect me from myself. Um, and so I'm much more comfortable with it. But if I were to have like a, a, a scene with somebody, I let somebody top me, I wouldn't have to be romantically in love with them, but there would have to be a level of trust where there's some friendship there's some kinship with one another that i can drop that guard and i can i feel like i know who this person is and i can i can give up that some level of control because mm -hmm. as a bottom you don't give up it's not necessarily the same as submitting in many cases um it's sort of a one-off it's very negotiated there's you know, it's just a little bit different for some of us not everybody but for some of us um and so yeah i i i can't get kinky or do power exchange without trust. I can't love without trust. I can't trust without love. It's, it's kind of a, and it, and because both of those for me are so intertwined into power exchange, they go hand in hand. You just giving me a, a little, a little yeah, smile. No, no. I don't feel, yeah, you're kind of on the same page as I am. Yeah. Well, we think alike in these things. Now, I did want to, and I put this in my notes. Um, and just real quick, Silent Wing, yes, that is why I won't let her get drunk anymore. Because it's bad enough she trashed my childhood. I will not let her do that to others. So for podcast listeners who can't see the conversation, <laughs> uh, Silent Wing was saying that, that uh, she, she hoped that we would do a late night drunk stream where I watch old childhood favorites and trash them. I can also do it to porn, by the way. <laughs> anyway, somebody is still traumatized and bitter about it. Anyway, now when I was yes. um, getting ready for this episode, because I don't uh, want, I don't want to make it sound like I think that the only kind of love out there for DS is romantic, because it's not, it's not. We all know multiple forms of love, even if it's hard for us to view those other forms of love through power exchange, because mm -hmm. we're, we, we view the world through our perspective, right? So if you were the type of person who only has a power exchange with somebody you're in love with in a romantic way, I understand that it would be difficult for you to go, wait, you can be really chill friends and have the same level. Is it the same kind of DS? It's not the same kind of DS because it's different people, but you can have a bond that you call love and it not be romantic love. So I went and did a little bit of digging and because we are so close to Valentine's day at this point, um, there's all kinds of stuff on the internet that's talking about the different types of love out there. And it's weird because I've always heard it. Oh, these are the main concepts or some of the main concepts of love from the ancient Greeks. And then when I went and looked it up, yes, that's true. But also CS Lewis, didn't he write Narnia? 
C.S. Lewis, the author, wrote a book called The Four Loves, and those are the four that get quoted the most. And th so there's Eros, which is romantic mm -hmm. love. That is, that is the love that most of us are uh, familiar with when we start talking about love. Um, there is, I'm not going to say it right, Storge? Storg? Somebody who understands these, feel free to give me a pronunciation guide. That's the familial love. Okay. That's the love of parent to child, mm. uh, siblings, um, child to parent, that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's uh, philios or philios, which the way I've seen it described is the friend bond or platonic, but it is a form of love. It's that whole found family kind of thing. Disparate people who are not related genetically come together and they don't have a romantic bond. They're not necessarily fucking one another, which could be, you absolutely could be having sex with somebody that you're not romantically in love with, but True. you're, uh, you love them platonically. Um, and that is a bond and that's love. And I have seen, thankfully, I've had just enough experience in the local community. I've seen plenty of power exchange relationships that were based on that platonic kind of love. It was not love in the way that I recognize love for my dominant because I experience my power exchange differently, but it was definitely love. It was checking up on each other, not even having anything to do with this scene, but because they knew somebody had a hard day at work or they knew they hadn't mm. heard from them in a couple of days and that's not right. And it's having that um, shorthand between people who have known each other a long time and have that bond. I mean, romantic couples have it all the time where you are together long enough. You, d I mean, we truly in a disgustingly cute way finish each other's sentences all the time. Well, I've seen, you know, platonic power exchange relationships do they have that do same that, kind yeah. of bond it's just it's a feeling of love it's just a slightly different feeling of love and i guess i'm curious and there's no way to know for sure but i'm curious uh for other kinksters out there and podcast listeners chat mm -hmm. with us wherever you find us on social media and youtube watchers feel free to use the live stream chat or the comment section but that would be my question it, regardless of where you are on the slash, is some element of love necessary for you to have a power exchange? Even if it's the love of, I love my fellow human being and I don't want to see them get hurt and I have, I care for them because they're my fellow human being, not because I want to be attached to them forever, not because I'm romantically in love with them, not even because I consider them some level of family. Um, you know, who, who out there has an opinion? And I know, I know a lot of the couples that are romantically involved will say oh yeah i need romantic love but i would you know i think that that's important to remember that mm -hmm. just because that's what you need is not what everybody else, everybody needs. else needs and there are true. so many different forms of of love i have i because i've said this i have so many trust issues i also don't have a lot of really close friends i mm -hmm. tend to have like less than a handful of people that i trust with sort of my innermost thoughts right but i'm also once i trust you i'm loyal and i'm a ride or die bitch like we will go to hell together. Here we go. What am I going to go by bury the body with you? Like what, mm -hmm. what are we doing? And there are a few people in my life that don't talk to them all the time. Um, I don't even talk to them about everything. There's, you know, it's a little compartmentalization of, of lives, yeah. but in my deepest, darkest moments that I'm picking up the phone to text, I'm opening up the, the screen to Skype, whatever, however I communicate with them on a regular basis. Right. Those are the people I'm, I'm going to. And I, I do love them. It's not romantic. It's not, I don't know. Is it familial? Is it, is it on the level of familial? Is it more of platonic? I'd have to like think about that. But again, 
that's where that comes from. It comes from that level of trust first. Sure. And, and I say first, I think back to you when you and I were getting to know one another. Mm-hmm. And I had two, I had one person who I was sharing an office with and then my best friend who worked at the office, same office with me. They were so freaking smug because <laughs> I was like, look, I've just gone through this heartbreak. I'm not interested in loving no damn body. And I, of course I couldn't tell them, oh, he's kinky, he's dominant. I'm like, into that. like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell them any of that. But I was like, John this, and oh, John sent me flowers on Valentine's. No, I don't even think, was it Valentine's Day? I still have the card in my purse. I've been yeah. carrying it around since 2013. But whatever, I'm not a sentimental person. Um, <laughs> uh, you sent me a necklace. You sent me a yes. bracelet. And I accepted the gifts. And I I think I bought you a couple things. I don't even, mm-hmm. I don't even know. But every time somebody would talk to me about you in the office, somebody I liked and was willing to have a conversation with, because that was not everybody in that <laughs> office, uh, they would just smile at me because the words that would come out of my mouth were, oh, I don't know that we're anything. I don't know. Now, never mind. I would, just like I do with my collar now, that necklace, mm-hmm. I would hold on to it. I would play with it. Like, I can't, if something's around my neck, it's something you've given me at this point in my life, I think since I was 33 so yeah seven years <laughs> something is around my neck it was given to me by john brownstone and i play with it and i hold it and then like i said i still have the little card from the flowers it goes I, I literally mm. transfer it from purse to purse if i change a bag <laughs> that goes with <laughs> see i never knew that i didn't oh, know okay i, I learned little, something today I got hmm. a drop of sentimentality in me just a teeny tiny drop and hidden way down deep in that at uh, the bottom of my purse Scorpio yes. bitch heart yeah <laughs> But I, rem- I remember all the knowing smiles and then something, I don't even remember what it was. I don't remember what the conversation was that you and I were having. Um, but some, I said something to in front of those two friends about, yeah. I, we're not, you know, I'm not in love. We're not really together. However, I feel like my heart's breaking or something, something had happened. Something small, clearly, because here we are. Uh, and both of them separately sat me down. They were like, bitch, I'm going to need you to open up your fucking eyes. Like, like one of them was this wonderful British person that's all polite and reserved and this great accent. And she was very, very, you know, we, she closed the doors to our shared office. And she was like, I'd like to just say something. I'm not overstepping. And my other was my BFF who literally would go, bitch, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and we all need at least one of those people in our lives um and so what i realized first was that i trusted you mm-hmm. completely like completely you could tell me anything i would believe you you i knew they didn't know but i knew we could do anything all of it over the phone we were long distance at the time and i was with you i would follow you wherever you went and then i figured out that i loved you yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Put you on the spot here. Oh my! How how did you figure out, or do you have any memory of figuring out that? Oh, this trick is all right. I'll keep her around. No memories bit. whatsoever. Stop! You're the sentimental one. You're the cancer. <laughs> I'm the Scorpio bitch. This is the episode of Live. Um, I'd have to say it. It. For me, it started dawning on me slightly after we started um, emailing. That fast? Yeah. Wow. You you played it so cool. 
How do you do that? What's it like to well, be I mentally healthy? I had no healthy? choice because I knew you were kind of like. <laughs> I was. I was devastated, and I was. Yeah. I what once twice bitten once bitten twice shy something like that is that the expression? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I kind of figured, you know, once we had been emailing for a little bit and, and we were playing, um, you know, I'm not going to say 20 questions because it was more like 40 questions. Well, it was 20 questions every day for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's how I got through my lunch breaks at the crappy office job. And, you know, just, just judging by the, the questions that you asked and the and the... And the answers that you gave me. And here's what's weird about that. I hope you remember some of those questions because here are the questions I remember asking. What's your favorite cake? Yeah. What's your favorite color? <laughs> I uh -huh. don't feel like I asked deep, meaningful questions. No, but the thing is, the thing is, you were asking questions in order to get to know me. Yes. Oh, I, I wanted to know every inch of you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, your your favorite TV show, movies, the, all all that stuff. I didn't remember any of that information. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I know it now. We've been together for actual years now. You at least know how to make my coffee, so See? that's in your favor there at this you go. point. So, but yeah, it, it was it was then. All right. That early. That yeah. was early. Yeah. That was like January. That was certainly before Valentine's. No wonder I got so many Valentine's Day gifts from you. Do you know what I remember when I... So here's my thing on... on Because for me, trust and love are so linked. There were times I acted on my just sort of gut instinct. I just went with a moment. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, it felt completely right. And then, of course, after that moment, my brain went, what the fuck did you just do? What? And I ended up being right. So very thankful for that. But I remember, and I don't remember when this was, uh, you wanted to get, you were talking about um, wanting to get your mom something. That's before I knew how crazy his mother was. Um, <laughs> yes. Your mom something for, I don't know. It was Mother's Day. Couldn't it later earlier than that because it was before it was before we physically met so it was for something was it her birthday i don't remember what her birthday is no wouldn't no. have been wouldn't have, her, her birthday would have already been well there planned. was for something and actually i think maybe you were planning for i think mother's I, was, day. I think i was planning for mother's day yes and but it was months in advance because that's the type of person he is he he plans months in advance for that and there was something that had come up you didn't have what you needed for it it was something you weren't sure what to do. That's what it was because you wanted to help her preserve her recipes this is before I knew she was crazy or I wouldn't have done it. Because <laughs> I wasn't doing it for her. I was doing it for him. Yeah. She, you wanted something so that she could preserve her recipes. And I went on the hunt, did the research, found something that you looked at online, sent you the link, and you went, that's perfect. Yeah. And then you went, shoot, I, there's no way I can get this right now. And it was like, it was like an Etsy thing. So there was no guarantee it was going to be there when it was ready to buy. And without even thinking, I didn't even blink. I just bought it and had it shipped to you. And I yeah, remember you, you, you being shocked. Yeah. I remember you being just flabbergasted and floored that somebody would do that. And I was like, and it was funny because as I was doing it, I wasn't questioning it. I was like, of course, this is what this is what he wants. He can't do it right now. I can do it right now. Now, 
advice I would give other people at the four or five month mark of knowing somebody, I'd be like, mm-hmm. bitch, don't spend your money yet. You don't, because I have been traumatized by that. I have had relationships where that I was used for everything I had, including what little money I might've had, which was never a lot. Um, and my, my brain will usually take over, but my instincts in that point just went, just do it. And it was after it was once it was shipped, it was in the process of shipping that my brain then kicked in and went, wait, what the fuck did you just do? This is not like you. You don't do stuff like this. <laughs> but I think that was that was my instinct knowing before my heart knew before my head caught up because I was doing stuff that I had said I would never do for another man ever in my life. Fuck them all. They better come with money. <laughs> I, was, I was, no, 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 no. I mean, I had, you know, previous relationships had not gone well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny when I look back at what the signs of love in the beginning were. And of course there's new relationship energy, which then just heightens all of that stuff. I, I think what strikes me the most and, and, Sometimes I'll just find myself chuckling over it because it, it's the one thing I remember most. You kept talking about eventually meeting a dom. Now, and, I didn't know I was talking to a dom. I yeah. didn't know that he was, by the way. Just. Yes. But she she was more in the fact of having or of meeting someone who was going to be her dominant specifically. And... In, in that talking, you know, she, she was saying because she wasn't even at that point saying, well, you know, I'm the one. No, I don't even mm. remember saying that. I think you no. had to ply me with gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I can be bought. My affection can be bought. <laughs> but, you know, I, I told her, I said, well, you know, your happiness is what matters most to me. And I said, but, you know, understand that depending on the dominant you meet. This is still funny to me. We most likely won't be able to talk anymore. I was pissed. I was like, what do you mean a dom's not going (laughs) to let me have my friend who just happens to be another dom? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And here's what I know now. I now know that many good, confident doms actually probably wouldn't mind so much. Um, but at the time, yeah, we sort of, we sort of lived in a more stereotypical kind of experience. Our experiences with fellow kinksters were more of those kinds where the, yeah, the doms are overprotective and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't like their submissive, you know, having even friendships with other dominants, which at this point, I, that's, that's so far out of our experience. Yeah. Like I have as many friendships with whomever I would like to be friends with of any side of the slash is not a problem. But it's funny because, yeah, I remember that because the, every time you said it, I would get pissed. Like, I, And I would try yes. to argue my way around it. You and did. I would be mad at this dom who doesn't even <laughs> exist. <laughs> he was me. a figment of our imagination. And he, I was so mad. And that, I really will say, that was, I think, when I, I started to know. I couldn't put it into words yet, yeah. but I started to know. <laughs> Yeah. Now, love, I think love does change over time. I think Mm -hmm. it changes. And many of us know the ways that it changes when it goes from, oh, this feels really good to this is awful that I don't even want to call this love anymore. You can go now. Um, I'm I'm having a good time exploring love that deepens and, Mm -hmm. and evolves. It doesn't change. 
Like it's not drastically different from the early days other than that the new relationship energy has worn off. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's that it's added layers. So the core of what, Like an onion. Yes. Yes, Shrek, like an onion. <laughs> um, but, you know, the core of who we are and I think whatever it was that draws us to each other. And I think that's it. I think no matter how you describe your love or what kind of love it is you have for anybody in your life, but in this case, your partner and your power exchange, um, there's something at its core. There's something that drew you together. There's something that bonds you, that keeps you connected. And I think that's a highly personal definition. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure I'm capable of defining it for us. I certainly couldn't do it right here off the top of my head. Like it's just too, it's too deep. And it's, it, that would require a lot of introspection. But I think as you, as a relationship grows and develops, as long as it stays healthy, especially, yeah, regardless of the type of love, I think that it adds layers. And I think that we are, we have been officially as a relationship together seven years plus or so. Uh, well, I mean, do we? Well, when do we count when the relationship? Yeah, started? that's true. That's this true. This time, Valentine's time, seven years ago, twenty thirteen, you were sending me presents. True. And I was fucking eating it up. I didn't know it's baby girl. I didn't have fucking clues, baby girl. <laughs> I just knew that the men in my life and one of my love languages is not receiving gifts, which is odd because I love I love gifts. Um, I think there's some deep seated stuff about deserve whether I deserve it or whether I'm worth it. like there's some stuff there and mm, this is not the time to get into that. But I did love it. And and so was it at Valentine's Day? Was it I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or was it that first time I came up to meet you? Right. And that yeah. was March. That was yeah. six weeks after Valentine's mm -hmm. Day. Oh, it's so complicated. But yeah. since then, since whatever that is, we have over time added these layers and these depths True. to how we feel about one another so mm -hmm. that we do speak in that relationship sort of shorthand that we mentioned earlier. Um, it's funny. I want to believe, and this is a false belief, okay? So everybody who believes it, I pretend to smack your own damn hand because I got to smack my hand. I want to believe that our love is so strong and so deep and so whatever that I don't, even now, don't have to tell you when something's wrong. Pretty much. I can I can pick up just by your your um, body language. Oh, sure. Because I don't hide it from you because no. I'm open with you. Mm -hmm. Like people could pick up something's wrong with me, but I already have a strong resting bitch face. You're not going to yeah. know if I was just breathing or <laughs> something's actually wrong with me. I mean, like yesterday I came in from the shop just to go to the, use the bathroom. You'll never do that again. No, I won't. I went, I'll, I went I'll on find a tirade. A, I'll find a bush. <laughs> I went on a tirade when he came and, in. And even before you said anything, I could see you had crazy eyes. And and let me explain what I mean by <laughs> crazy, crazy eyes. eyes. Not damn. that she was like, I felt crazy. You know, batshit like crazy. I felt batshit crazy. I I could see that her eyes were not. I was not calm. No, you you were not calm. Day. You you were very agitated, very upset. Yeah, you you had crazy eyes. But you know what? Here's what's funny. Those are my really overt... Because I wasn't directed at you, right? Yeah. So I was like, let me tell you what's got me mad. Let me bitch. Let me get some commiseration here. Mm -hmm. Make sure you take my side. <laughs> yeah. Which I do think is a thing we do when we love the other person. Again, any kind of love, you want them to automatically take your side. And we both 
annoy the hell out of the other because we are people who can (laughs) see multiple sides to a situation. And we both have had to at different times go, look, I know you can see the other person's side. I need you to not. Okay. Loyalty here. Be on my side for this one. Um, Those times are easy. It's the times when I'm, I don't want to say upset with you, but something has happened. I am upset. It involves you. Like when I, like I was in such a bad place yesterday. This is Tuesday that Mm -hmm. we're talking about, February 11th. Um, And nobody in my house, nobody who loves me had done it to me. But I was internal. We were innocent this time. (laughs) I know. But they were also oblivious. They were going through their life like normal. Like, mom will just take care of this. My baby girl will just take care of this. And, and meanwhile, I am, like, crumbling. I am, like, well, falling the fuck I apart. wouldn't say that I was oblivious. You weren't oblivious. But I also knew that what was happening to you was being contributed to by numerous outside factors. Right. And it was one of those things where... I could not dom her out of it. I couldn't top her out of it. There was basically nothing I could do. Right. But here's the thing. And here's what comes back to the layers of love and how I still fuck this up from time to time. I didn't want to have to tell you that that little thing, whatever it was, I don't even remember what it was at this point, that the kids were doing, that you were doing, that's normal under any other day. I'd have been like, okay, that's that's what we're doing today. Was actually adding to my agitation Mm. and not because the thing whatever it was was a bad thing but because i felt put upon i felt like i was being asked to give more than i had to give and i can even come under that false belief that we've been together for so long and he loves me so much and i love him so much i don't have to tell him i don't have to say it out loud that's some bullshit okay (laughs) That is some bullshit. Because even when you you knew I was upset, you knew I was agitated, you had listened to the first five rants about the situation. Mm. What you didn't realize is, couldn't I think you knew, but you didn't know, was that as the day wore on, all these little things that normally would have been minor, it it, be, it became the mountain that started out as the molehill. Right, and they yeah. just layered on top of one another. And by the Compounded. end of the night, I couldn't even function. And right. I couldn't look at anybody in this house. And yeah. I was like, if somebody asks me for a thing, my head's going to explode. I have nothing left to give. But mm-hmm. did I say any of that? No. I stopped making eye contact. I stopped talking to anybody. And yeah. here's what's hilarious in our house. And I will not speak for anybody else's house out there. If anybody's heard the expression, if mama ain't happy, ain't no Nobody one happy. happy. Okay, so a lot of people in Park Street just want to go, actually, it's if the top isn't happy. I'm like, you haven't been to my house. Because if mama ain't happy, ain't no one happy. I, I have to say, I was waiting last night at dinner. Oh, really? I was, I was waiting for the 14-year-old. To be stupid? Yes. He, I was he just waiting. The room and, and, and it was one of those things... Where I'm thinking it over in my mind, when it happens, what do I do? Do I save the boy and say, look, this is not the time. Don't go there. Save yourself. <laughs> run, 14-year-old, run. Or just let it happen. do I sit there and be silent and let him roll under that bus and be chewed up and spit out? And be glad it wasn't you? <laughs> exactly. I have enough... <laughs> 
have enough self-control now to know that I'm not, I try really hard. I don't always get it right. I try not to lash out at the ones I love when they are not the ones who are causing my distress. But I do have that thing if I want everybody to know instinctively, intuitively, I don't want to have to communicate it. I sh- quote, shouldn't have to. That's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. I don't care how long you've been together. Because here's the thing. He knew I was upset. What he did not necessarily know was that I had gotten to a point in the day when mm-hmm. every ask made of me, when every assumption of mom will take care of that, baby girl will take care of that, because that's what I usually do. But it was one of those days where it was rubbing me so raw mm-hmm. that I was not reacting to it in the way that I normally would have. And I was, it was causing physical pain, like mental pain, physical pain. I was just, and it was actually a good thing. I didn't really say anything because I would have lashed out and that would not have been fair to the people that I love. Because again, they were not the source of the angst and the problems, but they would have then been the uh, targets of it, which is just not fair. Um, And so today I can have the conversation of, you know, okay, so this made me feel put upon and this made me feel taken for granted. And even though it's not the intention, here's where I'm coming from. We can have that conversation today. Um, But there was very much the baby girl moment in the bedroom of, I'm in here crying because I'm at my my end. Where is my daddy? How come he does not just instinctively know to come and comfort me? Because that's not how humans work, y'all. Folks, I have a news flash for you. (laughs) And I even said this to the to the 10 year old last weekend sadly I failed psychic 101 <laughs> didn't pass the class nope matter of fact they kicked me out stop <laughs> here's the thing and I, I think this happens a lot with love and I think I th- when we are in loving relationships however we define that love we do one we can take each other for granted um, mm-hmm. we, I have found us doing that with each other. The nice thing is our communication game is strong enough that one of us will go, what's happening here? Like, where's my please? Where's my thank you? This is not normal for us. What the fuck's going on? One of us will get cranky is what'll happen and we'll sort it out. Um, and so I think that happens in longer term loving relationships. You genuinely love one another, but you just get used to what the other one does. Mm-hmm. And that was happening yesterday. Everybody was used to, well, mom does this. Well, Kayla does that. And nobody, including myself, was stopping to go, wait, she's some kind of way right now. Like, that's not her normal self. Maybe maybe there's we should do this differently. And that was my job to speak out. Um, so that happens. Um, and I think that genuinely loving relationships can crumble under stuff like that. I also think... There's this false sense in the world that the new relationship energy that we feel at the beginning of a relationship is somehow supposed to, put air quotes around that, supposed to last a lifetime. Now there are, Mm -hmm. I have met couples where they just are actively disgustingly in love with one another every moment of the day, years and years on. And I think that's great, you know, that that they're like that and that's how they express their love with one another, that's how they, interact with their love with one another but some most of us many of us i would say are not like that love tends to calm down a little bit because we adjust to one another because we get used to one another because those layers that we're talking about add up and the the added eh to it is the power exchange so if you have a pretty set power exchange there's not a lot of switching back and forth there's pretty um clear rules or protocols or ways and expectations of being in your relationship 
that can like that stuff interferes too. It's why you said you couldn't dom me out of what I was going through yesterday. No. Like that would have that was Star World that, War that, Three. That would have just made it worse. Because I was not so, there was nothing about me in that moment that was in a submissive yeah. place at all. Now I, I wanna say because there's a couple things that have been being said in 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 the the live stream chat. Um, Jen mentioned about being vulnerable that it's difficult to mm -hmm. be vulnerable absolutely and and it, it is i i don't deny that being making yourself vulnerable to someone can be a scary thing but now my question is as as your dominant in a in a scene when when i'm flogging you or, or doing anything you trust me mm -hmm. all right you open yourself up to be physically vulnerable to me mm -hmm. so wouldn't that make it easier to be vulnerable to me in those emotional emotional times? Uh, if we were looking at everything uh, on paper in perfect world scenarios, sure. <laughs> the difference is, speaking from my own experience and only from my own experience, I have been vulnerable with people that I trusted, that I didn't trust, that I knew well, that I didn't know well, that should have were there to protect me and didn't and whatever. Verbally, emotionally vulnerable and and been let down and been failed by those people mm. physically that has happened thankfully knock on wood that just has not happened so once we established that I, you were trustworthy with my body then you could continue to have access to it and to continue to be trustworthy mm -hmm. but emotions feelings thoughts are so easily dismissed belittled whatever by by people throughout life i mean even people we're not directly interacting with i cannot be the only person who's ever had a thought gone on social media of choice seen somebody i don't even know i've never even had a conversation with talk about a thought that i've had not this was kayla lord's thought but this concept right that i believe and belittled it well for somebody like me what that teaches me is oh i probably shouldn't talk about that concept because I, I see a tweet that just got 10,000 retweets and 100,000 likes belittling that thing that's important to me. I have no connection with that person. I don't know that person. They don't know me. If we were in a room together and had a conversation about it, we both probably think very differently about this topic. Who the hell knows? But we get that kind of shredding of the things that are important to us in extremely passive ways that we're not even part of and then in extremely personal ways like mm. how many of us have had a person in our life a parent a trusted anybody who says something either directly to us knowing something about us or knowing how we feel or just in general out into the world that takes a thing that we feel very importantly about and and makes it nothing makes it you know less than that makes it very difficult for me at least to then speak up. So having been in relationships where the people who were supposed to love me the most because that's what they said, that's how we interacted in our life, whether they were a parental figure or a spouse, trample all over what I thought, disregard what I thought, tell me how wrong I was, mm -hmm. not listen, not care, say the right things and then do what the fuck they wanted to later. Like all those things, we all have some level of bad tapes. They come from every kind of relationship we've ever had in our life. 
when you have enough of those and you're wired in certain ways, I know how I'm wired. Anxiety, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectionism, hi, how you doing? Right? Like I know, I know. It, for me at least, makes it that much more difficult to be vulnerable, which is why I treasure our relationship so much because we have both put in the time to forge the trust and the respect and the love. In our case, it's romantic love. But also, mm-hmm. I like you as a, just a genuine human being. Before I knew I was in love with you, you were you were my best friend. You were one of my best friends. Like you were in that handful of people. Like we for us, it transferred or moved to or became or whatever. The progression was romantic as well, right? Excuse and me. so you get more of me than anybody on the planet quite frankly now are there some thoughts like if i'm gonna bitch about "Eh, this is blah 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 and it somehow involves men or jump brownstone i'm not gonna go to him maybe i'm gonna go to my my bff (laughs) who's had that situation before who knows the pain like yeah now the difference is and this is a lesson i learned in from every past relationship I've ever had. I will not bitch about something that involves John Brownstone that I will not say to him. We're not living that life. I'm not gonna go to everybody mm-hmm. I know and bitch about my husband and never say a fucking word to my actual husband. Like, no, we're not doing that. That's to me is, there's a lot of issues going on there. In my experience, it was a lack of trust. It was, the, the relationship was falling apart or should never have been to begin with because I didn't even, feel see the need or the importance of actually saying it to him even if it wouldn't have changed anything that was like a respect thing should have just fucking said it to him i lived that that uh heteronormative life of oh i'm a uh i'm in a i'm married and my husband's crap i'm gonna go tell everybody how shitty Mm. he is (laughs) but do nothing to change the situation whether that's get the fuck out or deal with my spouse or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm not living that life anymore. So I would never complain to a friend about right. a thing you did that I would not mm-hmm. also say it to you. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, there are, again, there are layers to that. Okay. And I All think right. that, you know, sometimes I think that we mistake love for familiarity and comfort. Mm-hmm. There are people that I I said for a long time I love that person I love that person and when I really dug deep after it was over and done with and I cannot even remember their face anymore it was mm, I was familiar with that person I knew what to expect from that person I was not necessarily treated well I was not um, I was not made better by having known them and when I say made better I don't mean that it's my partner's job to fix me it is my job to fix me it's my job mm-hmm. to recognize there's a problem that needs fixing it's my job to fix okay. me. But what I do think is that being together should be, have some, something about it should be fulfilling. It should make me feel good on some level. It should make me a better human being because I want to be a better human being because like, I don't know that that's love's total job, but I feel like for me, that's part of what it means to be in a loving relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And, and something you just mentioned, which was the other thing I wanted to get back to that was, was mentioned in, in the live stream chat was fixing Mm. being a fixer and i am a fixer i know i'm a fixer hi my name is jb (laughs) and i am a reformed fixer i'm not reformed i'm still working on it yes we're working (laughs) we're working working on on it but i Um, recognize it that's half the battle yes um you know i'm going to use yesterday as the perfect example um 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it years ago, it had been my instinct to try and fix everything. Especially for somebody you love. Especially for someone that I love or I care about yes. or, or is in my circle, okay? Um, ain't gonna happen, and then in the end, the fixer needs fixing. <laughs> you know what I found? You know, I have found this. Go, go ahead. Sorry. But what, uh, you know, it, it took me a long time to accept that I can't fix everything. And what was even harder to accept on that is that not everybody wants everything to be fixed. And not everything okay. can. And be not fixed. everything can be fixed. Like like yesterday, there there was nothing that me or anybody else could have done to to fix the things that were happening with her yesterday. Um, you know when when I came in yesterday and she was she was talking, you know, I was I, I knew right then and there I didn't even have to ask. All I needed to do was listen, mm -hmm. nod and smile and agree with her. And and after we had lunch, just to let her know that I'm thinking of her. You did a good job with that one. Yeah. Uh, before I had to go pick up the boy, boy number one from school, I told her I have to run out. I have a quick errand to run. I'm like, where the fuck are you going? And now I'm annoyed because I'm just yeah. annoyed at life. Yes, yeah, sure. And, and, and I basically told her, I said, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> Which did give me a chuckle. And, and ran out the door. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and and I came back with a supersized Diet Coke for her. Basically speaking, that fifth, sixth or seventh love language of Diet Coke. <laughs> My love language yeah. is Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Your caffeine-related product. So, yeah, there, there was not a damn thing I could do to fix the situation she was in yesterday. But I knew that if, if I brought her back a Diet Coke, it would at least say to her, so, he's thinking about me. And I, I'll tell you what, I... That was the bright spot in my day. I actually bragged on you to somebody who needed me to explain life to them because they were not getting it at all and were part of my stress yesterday. But I was like, yeah, that that I, they, that person does not even know JB's name, but it was like, husband's a keeper. He knows, just place the Diet Coke next to me, walk away, don't say a word. And that was exactly what he did. And that's, a, that's another part that comes from closeness. And I think that... We think that this kind of thing is reserved for romantic love and it's not. It's about knowing the other person and caring enough about them to know the small things as well as the big important things or have ways, because um, everybody's different and everybody's sort of brain works differently. So it's not everybody's gonna remember those things. So you have tricks, you know, you write it down, you keep a thing, you just, you have, be mm -hmm. able to access that information about the person that you care about the most and what, what can you do? Because sometimes you can't fix things. That, that was the thing I was going to say earlier. As a fixer, I'm not reformed. I'm working on it, going through process. Because uh, the reason I give advice for a living is because I'm trying to fix everything for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know who and what I am. <laughs> but the hardest lesson I've had to learn as a fixer mm -hmm. is that sometimes the biggest act of love is to let the other person go through it, to be supportive, they, to be there for them. And I've actually learned that more as a parent with parental love, 
then I have in a relationship, because here's the thing, prior to being with my darling daddy dumb, who I love very much, uh-uh. um, I was in relationships with men who wouldn't, did not have a problem with, up until the last relationship before you, the one that like broke my heart into about a billion pieces, but I'm fine now, clearly. Um, <laughs> all those people were happy to let me fix them or to try or to do the work, mm. to do the emotional labor to help them keep their shit together without putting in any effort on their own. And what a fixer will usually eventually learn is that you can't fix somebody who don't want to be fixed, who finds it perfectly acceptable to let you do all the work on their behalf say the right words, I love you, baby, and never change a thing about themselves and never grow with you. People Mm -hmm. either stay stagnant or they grow. And when we're fortunate, it's in a a love situation, we can grow together. We might be growing parallel, you know, we're doing our own thing, but we're growing together. And then some people just never grow. And I was in those relationships and they loved the fact that I was a fixer and a people pleaser and happy to do all the fucking work because then they didn't have to do shit. Uh, the last relationship before JB, I wanted to be a fixer and he wouldn't let me, which was great on him. Uh, I appreciate that because he could have, he could have been like every other man I'd ever known up to that point and been like, yeah, sure. I'll let you, I'll let you do all this work. And he just, he went, no, I have to go through these things that I'm going through on my own. Mm -hmm. You can't fix this for me. And I don't want the responsibility. This was hard to hear, but it was important here. I don't want the responsibility of you this early in a relationship when I have to go deal with these things and I don't need you to fix this for me. And it shattered me into a billion, million, kajillion pieces, but clearly Mm -hmm. I survived. And you are the first relationship that I've been in where you're not looking for me to fix you either. Quite frankly, I'm usually having to tell you to stop trying to fix shit for me. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But what that's- performed. (laughs) What that's done is it's given me the confidence to not try to fix everything. It's a bit of a break. If you go from being in a relationship, any kind of relationship, romantic, sexual, platonic, doesn't matter, any relationship in your life Mm -hmm. where the other person, even if they're not consciously aware of it, but they're like, ooh, that person's a fixer. I'm gonna let them fix, I'm gonna let them do, and I'm just gonna sit here yeah. and, and take advantage of it. And they're not always consciously thinking in those terms, but they, they know a good thing when they see it, because you wanna know what? The the time they'll finally start working to hold on to it is when they the fixer has realized that I'm done with this shit and I'm about to I'm about to go, I'm out of here, and then they're ready to hold on to it because they're like, I'm about to lose a good thing. I'm about to lose somebody who's doing everything mm-hmm. and I get to benefit from it. Yeah. Um, so the nice thing about not being in that relationship is I've learned how to trust not having to fix it. It's actually like a breath of fresh air. It's a relief from my mind. I am less exhausted in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Relationships are hard work, but they should not be exhausting. I mean, it- it, (laughs) Not in that sense. It it works in relationships regardless. I I think we see it, you know, because especially if you have kids, all right, you you don't want your kids to have to, you know, go through certain things. You think, oh, you know, but the thing is, even with them, they have to go through certain things you learn lessons to to learn lessons and some of those lessons are, are lear- better learned sooner than later you yes know. and it, uh, the, the greatest act of love i give for my kids is to let them deal with the consequences of their behavior i'm not mm-hmm. the parent who was calling a principal's office or a teacher to go yeah, what no. the fuck can we like oh you did that thing at school that must suck for you what what's the consequence for that mm, guess what there's a consequence at home too like i can't fix that shit for them oh you forgot your project for school at home, I guess you're turning in a day late. Hope you remember it tomorrow. Like I'm big and small, you know, the the kids 
they don't even ask me to fix things anymore. Like they don't, I don't remember yeah. anymore a time that when they were little and their friends had those kind of moms. Now that they're older, they're like, thank you for not being that kind of mom. Um, but oh, yeah. our dog's coughing in the background. Sorry. Um, so, you know, I, it is an act of love sometimes to let people yeah. go through hard things. You can be supportive. You can be empathetic. You can right. be an ear. You can be a shoulder. You can be mm-hmm. those things as long as it's healthy and safe for you to be those things. True. Um, but love is not just what we do for people. Sometimes it's what we don't do for them. Um, and sometimes love is walking away because I'll tell you this right now. Sometimes you've got to love yourself. Not just as much as you love the other people in your life, more so. It goes right back to, we've talked about this before in different ways, especially for submissives, but this is true for anybody. This is a people thing. It's a bit like put your own oxygen mask on first. You have to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of other people. And to the best of your abilities, because sometimes we are surrounded by people we literally cannot get away from. They are related to us. They are intertwining our lives in a way that's just almost impossible to get away from. But if the relationship, the, the loving relationship, whatever kind it is, platonic, familial, romantic, doesn't matter, hurts you and is not, does not add anything to your life, but does nothing but take away from it, you have to extricate yourself from that to mm-hmm. the best of your abilities. There are family members that are not exactly on speed dial because they are toxic to the rest of us. Yeah. Um, I have let, the only time I've ever ghosted somebody, truly ghosted somebody, was a friend who would not listen to me when I said, this, you're not being a friend. Like years, we literally years went by of them taking advantage of me. And the only way I could get them to take the hint was I literally had to cut off all contact. Like they did not exist to me. And I had to do it with my ex-husband actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Because that's the other thing I'll tell you, if you are in any kind of relationship where somebody will let you do all the, the heavy lifting and the emotional label, labor and the fixing the moment you're gone ooh, ooh, grasping desperate to get you back because now they're unmoored now they have nobody doing anything for them and they don't sometimes don't even know how to freaking function um and it's sad but i am fortunate that the majority of the people in my life that are still in my life were good for me genuinely loved me gave as much as they take Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a strong love, even though it's changed over time. Like the love I have for my mother, she's my mom. I'm her quote baby, except I'm not her baby the way the grandbabies are her babies. I'm just, I've learned that <laughs> yeah. lesson. But even that love changes and morphs over time. Yeah. So of course the love you have with your partner, especially if love is a necessary component for your uh, power exchange like it is for me it, it, it is if if i'm going to be submissive to somebody i have to love them at, on some level because in order to i have found in order to want to submit or take care of or nurture or whatever another human being there's got to be a level of love yeah um but it's also got to be something that i'm fulfilled by like too many of us give and give and give and never once go wait 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 what am I getting in return mm-hmm. here? Like, what am yeah. I? It, it, and we have almost, many of us, not all of us, but many of us have been taught that it's selfish to think about what we're getting in return. Fuck that shit. It's selfish in the best possible use of the word <laughs> selfish. You, what? Like, if it's, if the relationship, whatever it is, is not fulfilling you, 
at even some level the way it's fulfilling the other person, then it's it's an imbalance that's not healthy. Like power exchange is an imbalance, sure, but it's when done right, a healthy one. It's a give and take, it's a mutual back and forth. But if you in that loving relationship are giving, 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 and nobody is giving anything back, and you are miserable and resentful and and just questioning what you're doing here, except the part of what you're saying is, well, I have to because I love them. That's my opinion. That's not healthy. <laughs> There's my one mini rant. Okay. So I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Question. Am I going to rant? I don't know. I hope not. I, <laughs> I hope not either. You've reached your quota for the day. For the week. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier in the episode about how years ago in, in the lifestyle, people believed you could not have mix romance and BDSM mm. and, and relationships around BDSM did not seem to last very long. Mm -hmm. And now at this time, many years, fast forward to today, that seems to have shifted. Mm -hmm. People think the opposite. You can't so have why, why do you think that is? I think a little bit of it is the pop culture stuff. I mean, there's a lot of erotica out there that mm -hmm. is billionaire CEO Dom falls in love with and dominates minimum wage secretary who's never done this before. Like, there's a little bit of that there. I think it's a little bit more of people in relationships talking about their long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I say this in a lot of things. He has heard me say this many, many times. Whenever there's a thing, a concept, the pendulum will swing the other way. I mean, that's in everything I've ever seen in life, um, including ugh, politics. Anyway, um, and so at one point there was this massive uh, belief, stereotype, that romance couldn't be a part of power exchange mm -hmm. and now that pendulum has swung the other way from a lot of factors societal what we see in pop culture how we talk about things who's out on the internet having these conversations where they mm -hmm. are on the internet having these conversations and it swung the other way to another extreme where now it's sort of assumed that if you are doing some sort of power exchange it must be a romantic relationship you're probably going to get married and stay together for life which is why it's important to have these conversations because it's a spectrum of experience both sides of that are valid as long as everybody involved in either side of that spectrum is consent consents to it and is happy with it and is fulfilled by it um there is this weird belief out there in the world not by everybody but by enough that to be fulfilled by something is somehow um not enough of a reason to want something like you can't always be fulfilled by everything you do i've worked shit jobs to pay the light bill like sometimes you just do what you got to do but in things where you have choices where you can say you can go and you can stay it is not a bad thing to be fulfilled even in whatever way that means to you and to reject the things that do mm -hmm. not fulfill you regardless of how they compare to what the rest of society is doing and i say this as a perfectionist who wants to be a good girl on kind of a scary <laughs> like need to go to some more therapy kind of level who wants 
guidebook and a rule for everything because then I know I'm quote doing it right. Like a lot of us in the world look at how other people do it and then judge ourselves, compare ourselves against that. And when we're doing something different than what it feels like the stereotype is doing or somebody we admire is doing, we ask ourselves, am I doing it wrong? Yeah. And what we don't ask ourselves is, is this fulfilling to me? Am I happy? Am I healthy? Does this feel good? And yet I, you know, without being like the most dangerous thing I've ever done in a sense of I'm also not a functioning member of society in whatever way that means to me, like <laughs> we, <laughs> we're we so busy going, well, am I doing it like they're doing it over there on Twitter? And we're not asking ourselves, yeah, but does that feel right for me? And many of us don't even know to trust that part of ourselves. We don't know yeah. that it's okay that that inner voice of this, 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 danger danger like get the fuck out of this we we don't listen to that because we're paying too much attention and comparing too much of ourselves to what other people are doing and i struggle with it it's very difficult to it's very fulfilling to have a life that is meaningful to me to be in a relationship that works for us to raise mm -hmm. my children our children in the way that feels right to us even though we don't always agree on what that method is true um and to know that it goes absolutely against the grain of every stereotype I see and every PTA mom I whew, come across and, you know, and all of that. And it, and I have a constant war within myself because I am that person who wants to do it the right way. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for the, the stand, like what, what's the, what's the best, best practice here? Cause I want to get it right. I don't want to mm -hmm. fuck it up. And that's how I view life. No, not everybody views it that way, but it's also very freeing to go, you know what? I don't, I don't spend my days anymore worried about how other people do their DS. It's why of all the mean comments I can get online, <laughs> the one that we get that just, I, I truly genuinely laugh at is the one that critiques our power exchange. Cause it's the one thing of all the things I do that I'm like, no, I, I, we got this. I'm confident about this because it works for us. Right. We're happy. Mm -hmm. We're growing together going in the same direction in positive ways we are both fulfilled you know it's the best fucking time of my life like be a negative rando on the internet if you want to be but it's not gonna that's not gonna touch me um there are other things which i will not mention because trolls exist that could touch mm -hmm. me but that ain't one of them <laughs> um and that is i think the power of doing what feels right for you in yeah. the safest, healthiest way possible and finding fulfillment and then being comfortable with the concept of being fulfilled and not feeling guilty about it. I don't feel, I don't feel guilty about it because nothing I do harms anybody else. The only one who ever gets harmed is my ass when the flogger finally comes the fuck out. Like that's the only harm happening and I consent to that. Frankly, I beg for that. Please, Jesus, <laughs> can that be my Valentine's Day present? Hit me. Uh, <laughs> so, well, you got me on another rant. Yeah. So, I guess the whole point, we didn't really have a point. We weren't giving tips. We weren't educating. We were just yeah. talking about the concept of love. And I think that love can be extremely powerful. I think love is so much more than culture shows us, the media shows us, right. than sometimes even that we think that it is. I think that whatever feels right for you in a consenting way with love is the right way. I, I don't I don't care who you love, as long as everybody's consenting adults, and I don't care how you do it, and I don't care how you show it, as long as it's healthy and good for the people involved. And so if all of your DS relationships are only with platonic friends and that's the love you feel, great. If it's mm -hmm. only with romantic partners, great. I have learned not to say it will always be that way for me. I think that is how it would be. But I also know that 
people happen and shit happens and the things you think you know are not what you know. So for me, there has to be an element of love because there has to be an element of trust. And if I get to a point where I trust you mm-hmm. so much with my mind and my body, I already love you on some level. Mm, I love that makes you. Makes sense. That's me. Yeah. I think that's it. Are we good? Before we get into the bonus section, mm-hmm. um, podcast listeners, uh, you, uh, I guess we'll have to take a picture and put it on Instagram. But somebody in the in, on YouTube asked the shirts we're wearing today. Mm-hmm. Mine is a black shirt and with purple lettering that says "Daddy's Baby Girl" because yep, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And your shirt is black, black with white lettering and says "Daddy" because that's who you are. And mm-hmm. it came from Kinky Cloth. So KinkyCloth.com. Use coupon code KinkyKayla. You get twenty five percent off. And I'd like to one more time mention our sponsor for today's okay. show, and that is Sex from A to Z, a new podcast from Professor Sex. Hosted by, I know, Angel, but I'm going to get the doctor's name wrong. And that's not going to be nice. So Mm -hmm. let me go back to my notes and get the doctor's name right. Hosted by Angel Russell and Dr. Robert Zeglin. Uh, Find them wherever you listen to podcasts. So hello, podcast listeners. Do a quick Mm -hmm. search. If you're on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Professor Sex or go to professorsex.com slash podcast. Okay. Now I'm done. Are we good? <laughs> I'm not going to be the judge of that. There you go. All right. <laughs> okay. Keep, Keep it kinky, kinky y'all. And we'll see you next week. Daddy, can I talk to the crickets? Can I talk to the crickets? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had your number. I thought you had your number already. No, girl, I did not. You are not doing it fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) That is going to cost you later. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Oh, not in a good way. No, at this point, I don't need it to be good. I need it to be something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Now you can talk to the crickets. I have nothing to say. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to bitch about my day. I'm not going to complain about work in that sense here. Um, everybody's tired of hearing how tired I am. I'm actually not as tired as I have been. Um, took a melatonin last night. That sort of helped. Uh, I'm having hot flashes. That's a thing that's happening. Um, my dog sleeps all the time now. But if you coughed as much as he did, you'd sleep all the time too. And he has been to the vet and we know what it is. And it's just there's nothing we can really do about it and the medication that they could give him doesn't really work and he hates pills so it was not worth the battle to get a pill down his throat for something that was not going to work um what else what else yeah oh youtube watchers if anybody cares i'm not wearing nail polish not because i don't want to wear nail polish but because i've not had time to do my nails um i did oh gosh it's been two or three weeks ago i talked about um, a brand that I really like called Coco and Claire. I ordered three polishes from them. I still haven't gotten to dry them yet. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. Kids doing a band thing this weekend. I have to get him to the school before eight o'clock so he can get on a bus to go do like a competition. It's not really a competition. It's like a showcase thing. The band students from across the county, there's 1,200 students going to this thing for the day and they're playing either parts of, they're either part of an ensemble or they're doing solo performances in front of a judge. My kid this year said, I'm too shy to to get into an ensemble. I'll do a solo. And I'm like, 
You're too shy to do an ensemble with other kids your own age, but you're gonna play four sheets of music by yourself in front of a judge you don't know? Okay, I'm, I'm supportive. So he's gonna go do that on Saturday. Uh, the youngest is like, yes, mom, I don't have a problem with you waking me that up that early to like go drop the brother off. If we can go get something for breakfast afterwards. So I guess I'm taking him to breakfast. <laughs> Hey, morning. See, if you said nothing about uh, breakfast, he would have said, let me sleep, Mom. That is probably true. Yep. Um, Aria, Coco, and Claire, I found a coupon code from a nail polish, uh, what's it called? Nail polish YouTube channel. And the coupon code is still good. It's Susie uh, with a Z20, Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, two zero. Get you 20% off. I've used it twice now. Um, I'm pretty sure she won't mind me passing that coupon code out because it's probably an affiliate thing. So mm -hmm. she probably makes a little money from it. Um, so if anybody's interested in Coco and Claire, yeah, maybe one day they'll uh, give me a coupon code. <laughs> if I send it out <laughs> people to, I'll be like, hey, I want to give a bitch a coupon code. I'm here for it. Right. Uh, right. Mm, that is the one thing. We say we don't have any plans for Valentine's Day and we really don't, but we did talk about um, buying a sex toy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and buying some stuff for our electricity. Yep. Mm -hmm. Stuff. I need to go on the Stockroom website and like yes, shop around. Yes, yes, yes. I wonder if my coupon code will be good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, it's probably on sale and then the coupon code wouldn't be good. But still, yeah, I, yeah, I did. We did say we might buy ourselves a sex toy. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that that counts. That yeah, counts. Yeah, yeah. I, I've just been busy in the shop. Um, I've been. I've, I've got stacks of paddles. That I've been working on. Yeah, except now you have a saw that's out of commission. Well, yeah, I, I had some uh, uh, equipment malfunctions this week. Um, actually, the end of last week, and I was a little frustrated at that point. But um, I, I, I had a couple things go down. I, I use a, a, a palm sander, I'm doing a lot of sanding on my on the paddles, on the wood, just wood in general, and. I've had that thing for a number of years, and, and palm sanders have a rubber pad on the bottom of it that the sandpaper goes over, so you know it gives like a nice little cushion when you're sanding. Well, I wore that pad out over mm -hmm. the past six years, and that had me a little frustrated, but um, you know what my fix was? Mouse pad and hot glue. It's because you hoard stuff and you throw nothing away. Yep. It's worked out in your favor, which means you'll never throw anything away ever again. Hey, you know what? It, it was really nice to be able to go, you know, bing, light bulb. So go what, up there, reach, grab a mouse pad off of the shelf in the in the shop. So what that tells me is when we buy our next house, we're basically just buying a, a storage Storage facility. Facility for all the things he's going to hoard <laughs> because at some point, 10 to 15 years later, he might use it might if it. he remembers yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I see, I'm the one that's like, just throw that shit away. Just yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. So, I try to throw things away. We try to donate when we can. Yeah. So it, it, it came in very handy having having some of those little, well, I, I actually had the, the um, old mouse pads because I do use them for other things. They actually do get used around the shop. But um, it, it came in very handy for that. I just cut it to the size of the, the, the pad, um, cut the holes in it for the, for the dust, and, and hot glued it on. So, you know, up, up, and away I went. And the other thing that happened, which wasn't as, as good, is um, my bandsaw 
the uh, blade guard froze up and I could no longer move it up and down. And it, it jammed in an upward position, which meant I could not get the flywheel off to get the, the guard off. So I ended up having to, to break the guard even more to, to get it off to find out what was going on. Um, one point I got a little frustrated and tried to find a service center. Yeah. Yeah, over 100 miles away from where we live. And I said, oh, no, forget that. And, uh, yeah, after I took it apart, I assessed what was going on, and um, I ordered the parts, and those are on their way. So I sh hopefully um, they, they're good about getting the part shipped out, and I'll have that back up and, and going by the end of the yeah, by the end of the week, hopefully. Yeah. So. so we shall see. Um, other than that, not a whole lot going on. Just uh, putting one foot in front of the other day after day, moving forward. You know, do what you do. Keep it going. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I feel... <sighs> I had such a rough day yesterday. And because it's work-related, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I just publicly in general because you never know when somebody's paying attention but it was a rough day and it's been a rough week and it's gonna be a rough weekend and i am still sort of what's tender about it um but my life right now is just consumed with work and i'm ready yeah. for it to be consumed with other things <laughs> like mm -hmm, i'm just mm -hmm. i'm actually ready for it to be consumed yeah. with the worry of where, where what house are we going to buy that is something our taxes are supposed to be done this week yes. which is one on one hand it is exciting because once we have that done then we talk to the mortgage broker and mm -hmm. then we start that process but two <laughs> it's terrifying cuz we find out how much we owe yeah and i'm not looking forward to that well, the other, the um, other thing i've been playing with i'm i'm um, in the process of turning my first segmented bowl. Yeah, you talked a little bit about that last week because you mm -hmm. had gone on your wood turner's field trip. You have a new wood turner's field trip coming up as yeah. well. Yeah, You're doing all these wood things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been kind of fun. And for those of you who don't know what a, a segmented bowl is, uh, you know, when you generally turn a, a bowl... You, you take a solid block of wood, put it on a lathe, and you turn it round and hollow it out, and you make a bowl. Make it into a bowl shape. Right. Well, this is a little different. A segmented bowl is made up of glued rings of individual pieces of wood that make up the ring. So what you do is you cut the, the segments, basically little triangles, and you, you form them out, glue them up so they form a circle, then you make the next circle up and, and so on and so forth. You basically form the bowl, an imperfect bowl with the glued segmented pieces. Yes. And then you turn it so that it's a pretty bowl. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I've, been, I've been working on that. A lot of work going yeah, on. Yeah. A lot of work going on. Mm -hmm. The uh, youngest is going to be doing a science fair project. Yes. You have started that process. I, I started that process with him last night. He picked mm -hmm. out his project, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. the oldest is playing music and and started high school with the hopes and dreams that he would do all this advanced stuff and do all these really cool programs. <laughs> now we're what six months in, seven months in. He's so jaded. He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just take a few honors classes and whatever. <laughs> I was like, What has happened to you? It's 
seven months. You're only 14. What is going on? He's oh, actually not being challenged at school at all. No. So I think I truly think that's the problem. But right, right. I am not going to repeat the mistakes of my parents and uh, force him on an educational path. So we're dealing with that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's just not. Yeah, no. That's about it. Which That's is more pretty... than enough, I yeah. think. Yeah. I'm uh oh, I'm actually doing research for next week's uh, episode topic because yes, it's a topic that was requested and that mm-hmm. was part of an online conversation, but I don't know enough about I have opinions about once I understand the the concept. Oh, and I'm already like mm-hmm. I've been doing some reading and like oh, I have opinions about this. Um so that'll be interesting. I have to yeah. finish doing that. Mm-hmm. Like a real professional or something. What the fuck, man? Scaring me. Researching topics. I'm teaching mm. myself something. I'm not just spouting off from the top of my head. What? Who are you? What are you doing, a, my baby girl? A new era of loving BDSM. Okay. I know, right? Well, after 200 plus episodes, you yeah. you got to dig a little deeper. I know. Something to talk about. Um. Yeah. No. We. Oh, for YouTube watchers, and if you're a podcast listener and you have not seen this, we do. We have a new thing on our channel now where we're doing story time videos where we tell a yes. story from our past. And we did our first one about the first time we used our safe word, which was also a lot of other firsts. And we're about to record our next first time mm-hmm. video. That'll be out next week. So. And yeah, we need to do that. I know. So that we should probably <laughs> stop talking so we can go talk to a camera some more. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting where we're sharing mm-hmm. more and more personal yeah. stories. Which, yeah. quite frankly, if you are a longtime watcher, listener of this show, you've probably heard them. But hopefully this will yeah. be told in a more interesting way. True. Okay, yeah, we got to go. Okay, we love you guys. We love you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks Mm -hmm. for watching. Thanks for being here in whatever way you're here. We'd love to hear your thoughts on love and DS and how you feel about it and how important it is for you or not important. It's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, Catch up with us on whatever social Mm -hmm. media place uh, you happen to be that we happen to be. And yeah, that's it for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye. Bye.